Thank you for joining our Transform 365 podcast, a discipleship and teaching ministry of SWCC. We pray this teaching helps you to grow in your journey with Christ. We have some great resources available for you on transform365.com webpage. Feel free to download discipleship materials, small group teaching, as well as peruse our training workshops. Also take time to visit www.swcc.org for videos, teaching, and more. We thank you for listening and your support, and we would love to hear from you. So use our contact page and drop us a line. Now for our podcast teaching. Sometimes in life we need more than just our own voice calling upon the, the Lord, don't we? Sometimes a serious moment, a serious place, a serious event, a sickness, or just a time in need, it needs more attention than just one individual. It needs more than just my voice or your own voice going to the Lord. Sometimes in the seriousness of a moment, it takes an army. If you have your Bibles, go to Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and take a look with me at verses 9 through 12. I know this is a strange passage to go to when you're talking about prayer, but when you look at it, it makes a lot of sense. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, it says, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is no one there to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Two are better than one. Because when you fall, the other is there to lift you up, to pick you up, to dust you off, to focus you back on the battle at hand, on the task at hand. You need someone alongside you to encourage you. You need somebody alongside of you to keep you focused. You need somebody alongside of you to mirror your mind, to pray your prayers, to go to battle with you and for you, to have your back in difficult situations. With our struggle against the world, with our struggle against the flesh and the wickedness of the devil, brothers and sisters, we need one another. We need our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Amen? We need to go to the Lord with one body, one mind, one spirit, and be on our knees for one another in prayer, in petition. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 and 20, Jesus says, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on anything on this earth, They may ask, 
and it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am in their midst. Church, do you realize the strength that comes in us coming together? In us congregating with one mind, praising one person, lifting up holy hands, singing together the praise of Jesus Christ our Savior? Do you realize the effects that the church could have if we came together with one decision, with one purpose, with one focus on one thing, what we could accomplish? Just think about this in this one term. If everyone in this room dedicated themselves to bringing one person to church, we wouldn't have enough seats. in this church. That is the power of focus of every individual. If every person in this church devoted themselves just to reach one person a year for the sake of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, There would be 120 people that came to salvation by the end of the year. That's the power of focus and determination with the body of Christ. And that's the power that Jesus talks about here. When two or three are gathered together in my name, he's saying there is the power of the Holy Spirit that resides within you. Amen? When two or three together come together and they agree on anything in this world, you're basically harnessing the power of Christ, the power of God, the power of heaven, and saying, Lord, we want this as a body. This is for us. This is for our church. We are determined. And Lord, we're already grateful. Why do we say we are already grateful? Or Jesus says, because it already has happened. Why? Because nothing, the gates of hell, cannot stand in your path. Jesus said, hey, listen, Peter, guess what? That, that thing that you just said, that you are the Christ, you are the Savior of this world, you are God in flesh, that's true. And that statement I will build my church upon. And the power of hell cannot stand against it. Brothers and sisters, that means when we come together as a church, nothing can stand in our path because we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? That's what Paul writes about neither height nor depth nor things present, nor things to come, could ever separate us from the love we have in Christ Jesus. 
Why? Because even if we are beheaded, even if we are betrayed, even if we are persecuted, if they take away our church building, if we have to meet under some tree, every one of us has salvation in store. It is something that can never be taken away, our eternity, when we have our faith in Jesus Christ. And so nothing can prevail against us because you are children of the Most High God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So what do we do with this power? What do we do when we come together as a church? How do we focus on the things at hand? With one body, one mind, one strength, one purpose, one spirit, one baptism. Brothers and sisters, that's called unity. It's the combined intent of the group that creates breakthrough in the heavenly places. You know, uh, interesting thing happened not too long ago. Um, actually, it was a little bit longer ago than I kind of realized. 2015. The church ministry was going before the county, our zoning, to ask for a new building and to ask for us to be able to go up to ninth grade for our school ministry, to add a few extra kids and things of that nature, to put sign out in front of the building, to do that gate that we're going to be starting, we've just applied for. Woohoo! Yay, finally! That old crusty gate's finally coming down. Amen. Yes! But in 2015, we had this hearing, and one of the things that we were told by our attorneys was, don't come alone. Because you as a single individual, you're standing before this pool of people that are basically jurying you to see if what you're asking for they should grant. And one individual doesn't have much voting power, do they? And so they said, don't come alone. Invite the church. Invite the, the, the people of, of the youth group and the Awana and the school ministry. Get everybody involved. We packed about 150 people into a tiny little room where people were standing everywhere. Every seat that they had out was taken. And one of the first things they said was, who here is for the county hearing for King's Christian Southwest Community Church? Please raise your hand. And all but three hands were raised. Yeah. That showed the power of one focus and one mind. That showed the people that were deciding our future that we were backing one another and backing the decisions 
and pushing it forward. And that what they were going to say was going to determine their own future as well. Because that was a lot of voting power within that room. And because of the support of the people, they said, we have never had a turnout like this for one of our small little voting things, for one of our small little zoning hearings. And they were just amazed. They said, this and this alone shows that people support this cause. Brothers and sisters, God wants to see the support of people supporting the same cause that comes from His Word. Today we have a special testimony. I'm going to call the Ketzels to come up. Because not too long ago, we as a church family, we sat behind the same cause. We came together as one body, one mind, one spirit. And we begged the Lord on the account of our brother Henry Ketzel. And I don't want to steal the thunder and power behind his testimony. So I'm going to go ahead and allow him to share. I'll go back and sit down. Well, good morning. Good morning. Apologize for reading. I'll stray anyway. <laughs> Pastor asks us for this morning, first of all. Thank you, all of your prayers, your support. We're going to be talking about that as well. This is our story of our Delta variant COVID-19 journey. I don't want this to be about us this morning. I want it to be about us as a group of believers, as a family. It's about us along with all of you, other believers in our Lord Jesus Christ. It's about how he wants us praying, working, and ministering together. How that played out in our lives during our journey. We're brothers and sisters and family, not in human blood. But by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's our, that's our bond. We know many of you had your own stories about COVID journeys, just like we do. Fidel, Barbara, it's good to see you. I love baby dedications. We do this every week. After Tony and Priscilla gave their beautiful testimony about Gabriel, I asked Patty, wrong question, if I thought we should give our testimony. The wisdom of a wife said no, wait for pastor to ask. Well, he asked. <laughs> He contacted me about this as confirmation that the Lord did want us to share with you all today. Our son-in-law, Jamie Munger, had gone to work and was exposed to the virus there. The Wallace family was already in their COVID journey, 
about this same time. We prayed for them as all of us did. We wanted to show our love and concern for them. John 13, 35 says, By this shall all men know that we are my disciples, if we have love one for another. We made them a meal. Little did we know that the outpouring of love that would come from that would come from them and so many others of you. Jamie and our daughter Tricia were preparing for a send-off celebration party for their grandson, for our grandson, Ethan, who'd been accepted to Moody Bible Institute. The party was a huge success. So many of us were starved for fellowship after the lockdown. All 11 of us, who we considered our immediate family, began having symptoms. Now we call it our super spreader party. <laughs> Jamie and Trisha were planning to take Ethan to Moody, uh, and that trip was canceled. At first, Jamie and his brother Peter were very sick. Their COVID journey got very hard on them. We all cried out to God in prayer. Patty and I were getting worse, so Jamie, somewhat better, and Tricia brought us meds prescribed by Dr. Bill from their church. It was such a blessing. We got a Z-Pack, we got the ivermectin, we got the prednisone. These are big words. However, I developed a fever a few days later. The pastor of their church, Pastor Jose, texted Patty often. His encouragements to the mongers and to us was invaluable. To us, all of us, as we worked together. Jamie and Tricia lovingly took care of us, along with Jamie's parents as well, because they also had the virus. Pastor Cody and Meg were a constant call or text away. Meg, a registered nurse, was such a help and comfort to Patty and Tricia, as were many of you. Ethan was finally able to get on a plane and fly to Moody. Freshmen starting classes with one suitcase and a carry-on, instead of the other things that he needed. He's tested negative and got to his first class. Truly a miracle. Many were praying for our grandson. Appreciate it. One morning I was so weak, I collapsed. Patty and Tricia decided I needed to go to Baptist Urgent Care. After I had tested negative three times and positive once, we both tested, tested positive that day for COVID. We had waited too long to come in to get the infusion treatment that they were providing at that time. We were told to go home, and that if it got worse, go to the ER at Baptist. The next day, I found us crying out to God again. I was very weak. Trisha called Dr. Bill again. He did a televisit with me, he took one look at me, and told Trisha to take me immediately to the ER. I needed oxygen. Guys, that's all. I got, I got air in my lungs, okay? Prayer. Answer. That, that, don't sing that one again for a while. <laughs> Trish and Patty took me to the ER had to leave me there alone remembering God's words from Hebrews 13.5 I had to leave I had to leave me oh I'm sorry I knew that he said never will I leave you never will I forsake you Carol Munger James, Jamie's mom had to be taken to the ER that very same day we were both admitted to different kinds of COVID isolation wings. No one was allowed to visit us. No one touched us except doctors, nurses, aides, suited up and looked like hazmat suits. 
I really didn't know what was going on at that time. I thought I would be treated and sent home. I always had that hope. Patty and Tricia began calling and texting everyone, asking for prayer for Carol and for me. Prayer chains were activated. We counted friends and relatives in over, 20, uh, in over 12 states that had prayed for us. The impact of praying, working, and ministering together is far reaching. Patty would call me, but I would mostly say I'm too weak to talk. Sorry, dear. Patty, too, had COVID, so she needed rest. She would call the nurse's station every morning to see if I was okay. This went on for seven days when a nurse, I am told, saved my life. Another miracle from God. On Saturday, a doctor had left a, mercy, a, a message on my chart saying, watch this patient, he's not doing well. The next Tuesday morning, she, returning to work, also took one look at me and called that doctor. She told them that I was not breathing well, not moving or talking. She got me moved quickly to the Hope ICU COVID wing at Baptist. The Holy Spirit brought to mind from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we all know it. Trust in the Lord with all our hearts. Lean not to our own understanding. Acknowledge him in all his ways and he will guide our steps. What a command and a promise. Verses would flood my mind and I could see God working on my behalf. I felt all the prayers being lifted up for me. Pastor Cody was the first one to see me in ICU wing. I don't know how he got there. Nobody is supposed to get in. I know I was happy to see you, but I don't remember any of that. That's what, <laughs> I learned a lot afterwards. I'm still learning things that Patty and Tricia and Pam talked about that I had no knowledge. Only one person was allowed to visit from three to six each day for 15 minutes. They could only see me through a glass wall could not hear each other. We had to use our cell phones to communicate even though we're 20 feet away from each other. Carol was moved to that wing the same day. It was two doors, two rooms down from where I was. That was a God thing, another miracle. The elders fasted and prayed for us the next day, such an encouragement. Patty and Tricia both got to show up at my window. We all sobbed when we saw each other after that time period. It had been a long eight days since he left me at the ER entrance, but I felt the Lord's presence with me the whole time. I never once doubted that I wasn't gonna go home. Patty says that was a day she texted everyone on her cell phone contact list to continue praying and to send cards to me and Carol. A nurse said they had never seen, they had never seen anything like the number of cards that came to, to the two of us at the hospital. The nurse would pass messages back and forth to one another. I got to see our grandson Dawson, Jamie, Jim, Jamie's dad, and Peter, eventually through that window. A member of Jamie and Trisha's church who worked at Baptist, come by my room periodically and hold up a sign, we're praying for you at PRC. He came several times. We wept 
for each other at that time period when he visited. Providence Road Church, Providence Road Church is where all the mongers go. I cried again. It was a very lonely time, but not as lonely as the first room. Verse from Isaiah 41.10 came to mind. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you in my righteous right hand. I was shown exercises while laying in bed to strengthen my legs and for my breathing, which was labored. I would listen to TV, and during that time period, Haiti, the earthquake there, Venezuela, Cuba, Afghanistan were all in the news, as well as updates on Cuba as the COVID pandemic was always before us. It was also discouraging. I would listen to hymns, church services, my Bible app, tried to pray. Trisha had made a little basket with some personal items. Also included two index cards with a couple of verses. We're familiar with Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear. Or be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 2 Corinthians 12.9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. She attached a recent picture of our family together on a happy day in June when Patty and I celebrated our 50th anniversary. A couple of weeks prior to that, Jim and Carol had celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary also. Patty mentioned I was going crazy just lying in bed. Someone sent me crossword puzzles. She knows who she is. Pastor Cody brought me a book. I couldn't concentrate on the puzzles or the book. But I still know where it is. I had COVID brain, brain fog, and that was a terminology that my, my pulmonologist used. So somebody mentions brain fog, uh, COVID brain fog, it's real. We still have no taste or smell. The fatigue was unbelievable at that point. I had pneumonia and I needed the help of an oxygen machine to breathe. I was hooked up to a monitor and an IV. I was receiving steroids, remdesivir, R word, insulin, two cups of pills every day. I was not allowed out of bed. One night I woke up and there were eight or nine nurses in white coats standing around me. The heart and breathing monitor had signaled an emergency. That was rather frightening. The Lord gave Tricia an idea to have a prayer walk around the lake at Baptist Hospital. We are a family that prays to our Heavenly Father. After the first prayer walk, Patty says, I improved. However, Carol continued to get worse. They did not tell me that at the time. The Munger family spent a lot of time in the chapel praying and waiting upon the Lord. Carol was intubated and on September 1st. That day, Pastor Jose texted, texted this prayer to the Mungers and Patty and asked the glorious promises of this prayer resonate in their hearts from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. For this knees, I bow down. For this reason, I bow down on my knees. Pastor, you already mentioned that once today. Before the Father, 
from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you to be strengthened with power through Holy Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Faith. Hi. And it continues on so encouraging. Trisha told me Carol had been intubated. They had not told me that at first, as they thought it might bring me to a setback. I sobbed and sobbed for Carol. That day they moved me from one room to another room. I had often turned to these favorite verses in Philippians. We all know Philippians 4, 6 through. Don't be anxious for anything. But in everything, everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Every day I saw gurneys going down the hallway outside my room for those that had not survived. Having improved on Labor Day, I was moved out of the ICU to a transition COVID wing and was now able to have visitors from 9 in the morning to 9 at night. Psalm 41 and 2 describes how I felt. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me. He heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. I got to see Patty and Tricia hug and kiss them for the first time in 17. Seventeen days. We cried and thank God that I was improving, a happy day, long awaited. However, that night turned dim as Carol passed. In the wee hours of the morning, September 7th, after Jamie Jim and Peter were called to the hospital to say their final goodbyes. The second prayer walk had been announced. There was talk of canceling it due to Carol's passing. Patricia so wanted prayer for me and struggling with the Munger family's need for comfort. Pastor Cody led the second prayer walk as Jamie was mourning deeply the loss of his mom. All of us were grieving, but we knew where Carol was. No more doctors, no more nurses, no more suffering. Second Corinthians 5.8 tells us, away from the body and at home with the Lord. What a promise. Pastor Cody visited me now several times. I was aware of those. We even got to pray with one of the nurses. After the second prayer walk, he came to my room and helped me to the window so I could see all of the prayers, not the prayers, the prayers, all the people that had come. We waved at each other. Started physical therapy. My first th physical therapy was swing over the side of the bed, stand up, sit down, and take a nap. <laughs> I took 22 steps the first time they got me up to walk. Couldn't do a thing the next day. Must have been pure joy that first day in adrenaline. My daughter Pam walked into my room to surprise me. 
few days later, her plane ticket from Wisconsin is a gift from her mother-in-law, David's mother. More tears this time, joyful tears. Ethan flew home from Moody. I had to stay in the hospital bed while all the family, many of you, my church family, friends, the PRC family, and others gathered to celebrate Carol's life. It was a long, lonely, sad day for me. I claimed 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. That night I had another surprise, a visit from a nephew, Craig. Pamela, Ethan, and Mike came by also as well. The memorial service is beautiful. I watched the recording of it the next day with Patty, very emotional for both of us. Our daughter Pam played her violin, grandson Dawson did a guitar piece. And Cody gave a prayer. And Cody gave a prayer. That's not down here. <laughs> Ethan flew back to Moody. Pamela flew home as the immediate family met for Carol's interment. Again, I was saddened that I was not able to attend. By September 16th, two nurses had said, these are Patty's words, not mine, that I, <laughs> that I was their favorite patient. I think part of it was that Patty and Tricia, every time they came to visit, would bring a tray of pastelitos. <laughs> and I think, you know, I'm not taking any credit for anything other than that. Patty wanted to tell you that I was able to come home after 31 days at Baptist Hospital. Pastor Cody had come to help Patty with safety equipment, you know, those rails that hold you up when you want to fall down. Before and after I came home, Pastor John joined Cody one time as well, visit. I had a few special visitors come to the house, not many, as I was so weak. Ten days into my recovery, I noticed a huge bulge right around here, about the size of half an avocado, and it was turning blue. I was back in the hospital the next day for double hernia surgery, believed to have resulted from all the COVID coughing, or the coughing from the COVID and the pneumonia. Again, I wept. On February 1st, I was able to send back the oxygen tanks, the machines, the tubes. I had been hooked up to since coming home from the hospital. I found myself back in the hospital several weeks ago, March 2nd, to repair what had been done the first time. And I close with, I hope that's the end of the hospital <laughs> visits, the COVID journey for a while. My thanks to you. My lovely wife had just a few words to share regarding what she's going to tell you. You got this, girl. Okay. I'm backing you up. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Well, Pastor Cody had suggested that possibly I'd like to share a little bit from my perspective. So first, I want to thank all of you again for all your prayers, calls, cards, letters, texts, meals, groceries, flowers, all the way you provided love and support for both of us. 
You, our church family, our family and extended family, friends near and far, made us feel so loved and cared for. We had said we would not mention names, concern, concerned that we'd leave out someone, but our kids, Trisha and Jamie, brought me dinner every night and made sure my doors were locked while Henry was in the hospital those long 31 days. Pamela and David, our grandchildren, Dawson, who even stayed over with me a couple of nights, Meg and Cody, who are like our kids, the elders of the church, the women at the well, other sisters in Christ who'd called or text sometimes every day were always there for me. I would try to return calls and texts as fast as I could. That kept me busy. My brother and my sister-in-law hardly missed a day checking in. The Providence Road church family, the homeschool group, my daughter's friends who adopted us, all of you were such a blessing. Like Henry said, it is not about us, it's about all of us as we pray, work, and minister together. Also, Henry wanted me to share more about the prayer walks. Texts and a Facebook message went out from Tricia. They read, Dear Prayer Warriors, we humbly invite you to join the Ketzels and Munger families this evening at 6 p.m. for a prayer walk around Baptist Main Hospital Lake to lift up Henry and Carol who are battling COVID. Anyone who is able can meet us at the pavilion to meet in front of the lake to receive a handout with specific prayer requests. Then we will walk in small groups surrounding or circling the hospital and cover Henry Carroll, the staff, nurses, doctors, caseworkers, and others um, who had COVID and were in the hospital. If you are unable to attend, please join us wherever you are. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them, Matthew 19:20, already mentioned this morning. This first afternoon, 27 of us gathered under the pavilion, most after only having a few hours noticed. I looked for a seat as I entered, and I sat down by our elder Abe. I felt so safe and protected after a big hug from him. He had left me a big bowl of Puerto Rican penicillin, <laughs> his recipe for chicken soup on my doorstep at home, and a precious couple showed up with a big plate full of food from their dinner table already ready for me to eat when I got home. All 27 of us, after a welcome special hymn and the prayer list was provided by Jamie, started our circling around the lake in prayer. Such a special time. The second prayer walk was just as special on September 7th, the day Carol went to be with the Lord. It rained, but we didn't care. Pastor Cody led the walk for Jamie, who was still grieving, but not like those who have no hope, from 1 Thessalonians 4.13. Samuel, a special family friend of Owen and Ryland, our grandsons, played his violin for us as we sang hymns. Then our circling began. I circled with fits. Also an elder here at Southwest, what a blessing. 
I wore this t-shirt to both prayer walks, which is why I have it on today, faith over fear. Second Corinthians 1-2 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When tempted to be fearful, especially after Carol passed late at night, when I could not sleep, I would quote these verses and claim this one. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me. You are my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me, and I will not be afraid, Psalm 3, 3 through 6. Last of all, to all of you, we say, like the writer of Hebrews 6.10 says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you help the people and his people and continue to help them. Just this Friday, someone brought a huge tray of ZD and other things to go with it from this church. But more importantly, she is praying for her family as we continue to go through storms. God is our great position protector, provider, and so much more. As provider, we want to mention that Henry's Van Orsdell family, for whom he works, unbelievably and miraculously continue to encourage and support us from August through December. Henry was able to return to work in January. The Lord used others to help us financially too. Our God is an amazing, awesome God who answers prayer with yes, no, or wait, and we know that his ways are not our ways. He always answers prayer like Tony said a few weeks back, even when it is not the answer we want. Yet by faith we say, not our will, Father, but yours be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we claim Romans 8:28, and we know for all things work together for good, to those who love God, for those who are called according to his purposes. That's us, and we hope all of you are called as well. Thank you. I know it was too long. <laughs> Nobody got up and left. Well, amen to that. Amen. Testimonies are his story within our life, aren't they? And that's why they're so powerful. The Bible tells us we are on a spiritual road that is full of roadblocks towards our hopes, dreams, and goals. Patty's hope, her dream, and her goal when Henry was sick was to have her loving husband lay next to her and be home to sit in his favorite seat in the Lazy Boy. Because no matter the pain and difficulty in a moment, no matter the arguments that you may have, the thing that you care about the most when you're 
struggling is to hold the hand of the one that you love. And these things that block our goals, our dreams, and things of that nature can come from many things, can't they? It could be a lack of faith, a lack of strength, sin in our life, the devil just attacking whatever we're trying to do. And these can be huge spiritual roadblocks that have physical ramifications. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, if you would, go there with me and let's take a look. Chapter 1, verses 8 to 11, it says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even for life. This is the Apostle Paul writing this. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Who delivered us from the great peril of death and will deliver us he on whom we have set our hope and he will yet deliver us. You also joining and helping us through prayers so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf in favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. This verse says the battle to tear down the barriers in life, to, to stop what thwarts us, to stop what is trying to bring the loss of hope in our life. The roadblock that stands in our way. Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual life. Can't be found with earthly hands. We can't go to battle with it with swords and, and guns and tanks. It doesn't take an earthly approach to tear down these roadblocks in our life. We need to turn to the spiritual as brothers and sisters in Christ with one mind, one body, one heart, one hope, one focus. And stand on the promises of God for our strength. Amen? He says we hold on to that hope within us. Our hope is in God. When we need a spiritual breakthrough, we get down on our knees as brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul was facing death. Instead of asking for an uprising, instead of telling the people, hey, you know what? We could take Rome. We could do this together. Instead of asking people to come and bail him out, Use excessive money or something like that. Instead of saying, hey, you know what? I could use a really good attorney. What does Paul call for everybody to do? Pray. Come together on my behalf. And I think the greatest example that we see within Scripture of this coming together is when Israel entered into the land and Jericho stood before them. This great wall of a barrier, a true physical barrier, stood stopping them from that promise that God had made. 
And sometimes, brothers and sisters, we have things that stand in our way from the promises that God has made in Scripture. And it doesn't just take one person. It took all of Israel to come together to march around those walls, to pray, to worship, to call out, And when you read the account in the book of Joshua, they didn't do it with swords and spears and and shields. What did they do? They had horns. They lifted their voices. They went together as one body. Millions of people. At this point in Israel's journey, it's estimated there was about two million people marching around those walls. Singing and praising God and praying to Him together. Brothers and sisters, that's like mind, like body, like spirit. Let's get one thing straight. Joshua was a brilliant man of war. And he looks to God and he says, Lord, what should we do? Lord, we're, we're about to go against this, this fortress that stands in between us and the promised land. Lord, what should we do? And God tells him the complete opposite thing that he would ever think. Uh, Joshua, I got an idea. This is what we're going to do, Joshua. Okay? This is the military strategy, Joshua. All right, God, I got my pen and paper. Papyrus and quill. Let's go. Joshua, we're going to march. Okay, great, got that. March, that's, that's, mil- that's military strategy, God. I got this, all right. How many people? Uh, everyone, oh man, yes, sheer numbers. Intimidate them in sheer numbers. Let's go. March, everyone, all right. Shout, okay, victory chant, all right. I see this happening. Shouting, okay, all right. Praying, why not? Okay, yes, yes, we're in the nation of God, we're Israel. Pray, play trumpets. Okay, I'll add that. Good idea. And sing. 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 Sing around. Sing around Jericho. All right. And seven times. Okay. That that sounds good. All right. Let's do that. Okay. And what else? That's it. God, that's your military strategy? You see, sometimes in order to take the ground that Satan has control of, it takes the people of God in motion. In fact, I'll tell you, it takes the people of God in motion. Because God cannot drive a parked car. So brothers and sisters, if you want to reach your neighbor for the sake of Christ... Instead of just sitting there and praying and lifting up holy hands, that's important. You need to do that, but you also need to get up and go over there. And so it took the nation of Israel marching around Jericho together with one body, one mind, one spirit, one worship, one prayer, lifting up holy hands and calling on God to take the ground. Brothers and sisters, we need to take the ground in this world. 
And the only way you're going to do that in life is to go to God marching on His drum. In His path. Joshua 6, 12-16, it lets us know that Joshua followed God's exact command. He went up, it says, Joshua rose early in the morning and he took the priests of the Lord with the Ark of the Covenant. And they blew the seven trumpets of the ram's horns. And they continually blew the trumpets. And the men walked around, they marched around blowing the trumpets. And on the seventh, they marched around the city. And then they returned to camp and they did it every day for six more days. On the seventh day, they rose up early at the dawn and they marched around the city of the camp in the same manner seven times. Only on this day, they marched around the city seven times. At the seventh time, when the priests blew their trumpet, Joshua said, Now shout! For the Lord has given us this city. Brothers and sisters, That's faith in the promises of God. They moved with their prayers. They moved with one mind. And verse 20 says that the city fell. And they took the city. And they marched into their land. And nothing could stand against the promises of God. Amen? Brothers and sisters, as we move forward as a church, we need to come together with one mind, moving together with one purpose, moving together with one Lord that is our Savior. Amen? But it takes us all moving together. It takes us all asking the Lord together. There's no one that's a Rambo church. I know a lot of times people think they can do church without church. But the Bible tells us when two or three are gathered in my name, that anything that you agree upon on earth, it'll be bound in heaven. And anything all of you disagree on in earth, I'll cast it out. Don't be an island. There are strongholds in our life. We need to march around them together. When something's set up to stand against us, we need to march around it praying, lifting holy hands together with one mind in motion. When God calls us to do something, we need to go to Him together. Amen? And it takes us moving. Thank you for joining the Transform 365 podcast, a ministry dedicated to helping you grow in relationship to Christ. If you want to know more, find us at transform365.com or on our church website, www.swcc.org, located in Miami, Florida. Until next time, remember, the only work in grace is to let grace work in you. God bless.